Welcome everybody to Hunt Free Podcast. Hunt Free was created to showcase the freedoms we all share in the archery and hunting world and to ensure the sacrifices made by fellow veterans is never forgotten by showing gratitude every day and giving back as much as we can. During the show, we'll sit down with fellow veterans and hunters alike, share sea stories from our time in the service, and share stories from hunts out in the woods. We'll talk about how we've bettered ourselves along the way, from life to hunting and everything in between. So let's get into the show now. All right, guys, welcome back to Hunt Free Podcast. This is going to be episode six, I believe. Um, today, we're me and my friend Austin from Indiana, we're going to be talking about uh, kind of if you want to get into self-filming, the struggles that you might see and you might face, especially in your first year. I believe this was both of our first years or within the first couple years of self-filming. So I think that uh, we bring the most green insight. We have the, the, uh, the newest, freshest knowledge. But without further ado, um, I'll introduce Austin and then uh, have him tell us a little bit about himself. So how's it going, Austin? Oh, it's going good, man. Just another beautiful day in Indiana going from 30 degree weather to 65 the next um, <laughs> as jimmy said um you know i'm kind of just a small youtuber i started last year i just i picked up my phone one day and i was like you know what i'm gonna film my uh, deer hunting this year and ended up you know really getting into it i ended up actually hunting with travis johnson a guy from you know the hashtag beaver group um, that's super awesome. I think that's how me and you met, Jimmy. Is we uh, you probably seen me on Chris's comments all the time, comments and stuff. <laughs> I remember you following me. I followed you back. I was like, dang, this guy's got some good stuff. And <laughs> Thanks. Here we are now making the making the hunt free podcast. So should be a good time. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think this topic's really awesome because you know when I first started, um, when I was getting into filming this past summer, I remember thinking to myself and saying like, I want to write a synopsis of, you know, everything I learned and all this and that, but I think doing a podcast is a little bit better. So and yeah. if we compare both of our uh, experiences, that'll make it even better. So, you know, you said you're from Indiana, but tell us, you know, a little bit about yourself. Uh, what do you do for work and you know um, everything? Well, currently um, I work in a hospital. Um, tonight I work night shift there and tonight's actually the last night that I'll be working there. I'm going to work at my local bow shop full time. I remember the, the first time I walked in that bow shop, I was 10 years old and I was like, man, this is where I want to work at when I get older. And I finally gotten the opportunity to, so that's going to be pretty awesome. But, um, I'm actually from Crawford County, Indiana. It's a small County down in the Northeastern side of Indiana. Um, you know, not really much goes on here. It's just, if you ain't deer hunting or working, you're probably sleeping. <laughs> I like, I like, I like that. That's funny. Yeah. It's, that's generally how it goes around here. If you ain't working or hunting, you're probably sleeping. That's but awesome. I've, I've actually, um, speaking on the YouTube side of things, um, I've actually kind of fallen off a little bit. I haven't really, uh been up to date on the youtube game but there's not really been much going on because it's kind of that like you said the off season time and really the only thing that you have going on is like a podcast or something but i have some buddies who are big into turkey hunting and i've never turkey hunted and we've got some actually really exciting things in store for that we're going to be hunting tennessee this year i think possibly arkansas we've talked about it we're just trying to get the details figured out there maybe wisconsin 
Kentucky and Indiana for sure. So wow. that would be pretty awesome. That's going to be epic. That sounds like similar to my fall. I'll be all over the place chasing whitetail. So we'll have to put this filming experience to the test. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's going to it's gonna test the limits of my filming abilities. That's for sure. <laughs> See how long I can hold up to wanting to keep the camera rolling. That's funny. Um, so you kind of touched on it there. You, you know, you haven't really done, uh, any much turkey hunting, but obviously you chase whitetails or anything else you really hunt or, you know, how, um, and tell us a little bit too of how you got into hunting when you're growing up. Well, I come from a family. We really didn't hunt. That wasn't our thing. My dad, he's a, uh, we used to be, have a cattle farm and we sold out of cattle and we're now in the sheep farming business. And my dad and my mom separated when I was seven years old and I met my stepdad and he was the one that really introduced me to the outdoors and hunting and fishing and, you know, kind of living off the land and doing things your way. And I killed my first whitetail when I was 12 years old in a spot we call the graveyard down in Perry County, Indiana. And I'll, ne I'll never forget because we had this tree that had a perfect little circle in it that you could sit in and it, if you use the bathroom, it'd fall right into the creek, and it was the poop tree. <laughs> and we sat down next to this poop tree in this little valley, and I fell asleep at one point, and he wakes me up. He's like, there's two deer in front of us, and it was a doe and a fawn. And I, I pulled my shotgun up and shot the fawn and dropped her. And the other doe stood there, and I was like, shooter, Larry, shooter. And he took him right between the eyes with a forty four buster and dropped her. <laughs> and it was, ever since that, I've just I've been hooked. It's just the coolest thing ever. And like I said, I really don't do much turkey hunting. I get into predator hunting a little bit, like coyotes and uh, foxes and things of that nature. I'm not very good at it. I'm not a very good shot with a rifle. I'll be the first to tell you that. I'm bet much better shot with a bow for sure. Um, but the other big thing in Indiana is bow fishing because we live, I live 30 minutes from the Ohio River you know, going out and shooting some fish in a night. That's definitely probably the big thing to do around here. And that's, uh, you know, that's really what I'm about, you know, hunting and fishing, working. That's, that's where it's at. Yeah. I'm right there with you. That bow fishing sounds fun. I want to try some of that. Oh, it's, it's killer. If I, cause I have people who are like, Oh, well, I'd really rob in real fish. I went bow fishing once and I haven't put down a bow fishing rig since i I can't remember the last time I went rod and reel fishing since I started bow fishing three years ago. Oh, wow. It's, it's epic. You know, there's nothing like shooting a 50-pound fish and reeling it in on a boat and holding it up, and it's as big as you are. It's, <laughs> it's epic. That does sound like a lot of fun. I mean, I used to, it kind of, similarly, I used to go spear fishing, like uh, free dive spear fishing up in Long Island. So it's kind of like the same thing. You're, you're out there, you're right, I mean, there, and you're really in the element, and you're, it's, it's not a bow, it's not bow fishing, but I guess it's, you know, you're using a spear, spear gun, so it's pretty, yeah, totally, I definitely unless you're get like that. Josh Bomar, and you just take your Hoyt down into the ocean, because you're just the baddest dude there is, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I, I really like the story too of uh, how you got into hunting. I think that's really awesome. And uh, I think it's awesome that your stepdad was able to show you that because I'm sure it's really kind of shaped who you are, obviously. I mean, I think a lot of people who are really into hunting, I mean, that's one of, if not the biggest part of who they are. So, yeah, totally. It, which, not trying to, you know, get on the sad part of this train, but he actually passed away last fall. And um, the buck that I killed last year well, this previous season, I shot that deer on the same day that I killed my big buck uh, two years ago. 
and he helped me find that deer. And if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have found that big buck that I'd shot. That's just one of those memories, you know, you'll hold on to forever. Yeah. You know, he's, he's sitting up there smiling, saying, "Yeah, you got another one, buddy." You know, <laughs> it's, it's just it's a it's epic to look back at what you've come from, and I think that's why YouTube is just so intriguing to me. Is because like I was sitting here before we started the podcast, I was watching back my hunt with my buddy Dalton. And it just, it was just the most epic thing. Cause I was like, man, I'll never be able to forget it now. Cause I'll forever have that on YouTube. And it just, I think that's, I think that's what people miss with the big picture with YouTube is they're like, Oh, I can make money from it and do this and that. And I got into it. Cause I was like, man, when I'm 40 years old, I'll be able to show my kids videos of me shooting deer, you know, and that that's just epic. I think in my, in my eyes anyway. Well, yeah, you know, it's funny. I think that's kind of like, the underlying like i think everyone has that thought deep down but you know even me uh, now that you say it like i don't even you know i definitely know that deep down but i think to hear you say that like that's i mean if if no one listens to the rest of this podcast if that's all they listen to i think that that is more than valuable enough because it's the truth it is the truth i mean it's you're literally able to keep your memories forever and that that's why i love the self-filming whether you put it on youtube or not or you keep the film and the same same thing really but you know it that's i couldn't have said it better myself so i thought that was awesome yeah because that's like me and my buddies when we were younger you know we had our little flip phones and we'd film we'd film a deer coming in you couldn't see nothing (laughs) you know it just it was to us we're like man this is like being on primo's tv you know it just it was so awesome that is that is awesome yeah i uh and now 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 we got nice video cameras and you can see everything clear as day so now it's even better (laughs) oh yeah but still, they need to work on that security footage of people robbing gas stations. I, <laughs> that, that's rough. <laughs> that is a good point. You wonder, like, they got all these good cameras, but then you look at that and you're like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, looks like a checkerboard, and you can be like, is it a dude or a girl, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I think those are some really good things for everyone to keep in mind, and that's uh really, like, whenever I – do one of these podcasts like i wanted to be able to bring people value so i really appreciate you giving that insight and that kind of leads me into my first question of our topic is well two-parted is like when did you start self-filming and what made you start um well like i said earlier i started self-filming uh last year season october 1st back in the summertime i had a couple buddies that were like hey man let's film our hunts this year so i was like yeah sure and, and, you know, I started with just the iPhone that we're, that I'm videoing for the Skype call. And, you know, I hadn't figured out what I was going to do when I got a deer in range, maybe hold the camera with my foot or something, you know, <laughs> but I never, I never really figured it out. And, um, I actually, I saved up some money for my job and bought a Canon T3i. And that's when I started getting really into the filming and my friends, they kind of fell off. And I was like, dude, this is epic. You know, it just. I don't know if it was the difficulty of self-filming or the ability to go back and watch what had just happened and just relive that moment over and over, but something with me just like clicked. And, you know, I I don't really know what the spark was. It's it's one of those things just like, this is what I'm here to do. You know, this, this is something that I'm going to like bow hunting for us, you know, once you start, it's just like, 
you know, this is what we're here to do. And it just, it's been one of those things like photography and filming is just, it's really taken over a lot of my life. I love it. You know, I used to look at places and be like, dang, that's a, that's a pretty view out there. And I look at it now and I'm like, man, that would be the most epic place to film. <laughs> yeah. It, it changes your perspective. Like you start to look at things differently. Yeah. Which I, there's a guy on YouTube, his name is Peter McKinnon. He, yep, uh, he's I know a him. photographer, but he does, you know, like the landscape photos and stuff. And he has a film. It's about a place. I think it was Montana or Wyoming or something like that of getting the snow caps to have snow on them, but the lake not be frozen and take a picture of it. And it was, it was like watching a movie, you know, and it just watching that really got me more into like the cinematography aspect. And, you know, of course, watching Chris B and how he does his, his videos, they're like watching movies. It's not like, Hey, I'm going to sit down and watch a YouTube video. You know, I'm like, I'm watching a film, like a documentary almost. And yeah. I'm still trying to figure out how they do it that well. Cause I feel like my stuff still looks like a 16 year old kid with a video camera, but hopefully I'll figure out the little tips and tricks eventually to make my stuff start looking like, you know, that killer movie quality. It just takes time. I think I'm in the same boat as you is that it's, you see all these people, but you got to remember like that they've been doing it for a long time. And Peter McKinnon, especially, I mean, that's literally his job. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it gets paid to take pictures. I mean, that's like Chris B. If you go back to his first videos, he has that one. It's called Haters Gonna Hate. He's got his little Genesis bow, and he's, like, shooting trees and still hitting the target and all that. <laughs> it's, I think it's amazing, too, to watch your evolution through YouTube because, like, I'll watch my first video, and I'm like, dang, this sucks. Like, there's nothing going on. And then I fast forward to the last video I filmed with Dalton, and I'm like, this is epic. You know, this is something that – people would want to watch you yeah know? it's really epic i love it speaking of like evolutions um in regards to like actually filming itself like so when you're when you're in the tree or packing up the gear or getting the gear set up obviously there i'm sure it's easier now than when you started so like what were some of the main difficulties that you ran into getting started i'm gonna be totally honest it i'm not trying to blame the camera arm here but them ratchet straps are a pain in the butt. Because yep. <laughs> one of the stands that I hunt is a big, like, probably 100-year-old white oak, and that thing's, like, six foot wide, and, you know, trying to wrap your arms around it to put your camera strap on. That was, that was a big challenge for me. And I think the other challenge was, you know, I was trying to create – um, videos that I thought were good and you know from watching even like watching your stuff I like your cinematography and like how Chris B does the cinematography and I'd edit my videos and they wouldn't look like that and it just I'd be like well I'm just gonna scrap it and I actually missed out on a lot of content there because I was trying to chase being better than somebody else instead of doing the best I could with what I had because like all of my videos I've edited on my phone using um it's premium rush. It's like four bucks a month. It's just a little video editing software with not a whole lot of capability. But, you know, I think for, I think that was just the biggest thing is I was trying to have a production level set up with below production level equipment. And it was more of just a personal thing of judging myself too harshly instead of being like, you know, for the equipment I had, I did what I could do. I, don't think there could have been a better answer to that because I, I've definitely dealt with the same, uh, even recently. Like I almost, I was kind of hitting on it before we started recording, but 
Like, you know, you see a bunch of people and they're out hunting, doing this, doing that. And you're like, you look at their pictures of them and what's going on. And then you got to remind yourself, like, they got a buddy with them filming or whatever. And, you know, you have your friend Dalton that obviously is, comes with you, uh, I'm sure, sometimes, if not every time or what have you. Yeah. But for me, I 99% of the time don't have anybody. So I had to remind myself of that, like, you know you know, try to use the tripod, teach yourself this, do that and do, do the best that you can do now. Because if you work hard at it now, then the, those people along your side helping and the skills of getting better at the cinematography will just come along with it over time. So I totally. think that's a really good point. Um, and I, th I think the best piece of advice I ever got regarding that was from Travis when he come down and hunt and came hunting with me. And he said, if you can't shoot the buck with the camera, don't shoot him with your bow. And I mean, that, that sticks in my mind. Cause it, you know, what's the point of filming if you're not going to film? Yeah. And I, it just, it was like a light bulb went off and I was like, holy crap, that makes so much sense. That, that does make sense. I, I, uh, I think I probably said it in one or two of my videos when I was hunting, uh, on my big trip in Virginia this year, I was like, I was like, if it, as much as I wanted to get it on camera, like if a big buck came in and something happened, I may have, you know. In that moment, I don't know what I would have done, but come this year, nah, yeah, you're. I agree. I'm. If I can't shoot it with the camera, I'm not shooting. So yeah, I, I was the same way when I was filming with my phone. I was like, dude, if a big buck comes through, he ain't getting past me. He's toast. You know? <laughs> I can I can film the recovery. I'll film him coming in, but as soon as he gets within range, he's done. <laughs> um, Which looking back on it, I'm glad that I had the ability to film my buck that I killed this year and not had done that because i think that was really the big spark too is when you get that felt that on camera and it's just like i did it like holy crap and you're just like yes <laughs> it's, just, it's just the most epic like adrenaline rush ever i remember that video and seeing your reaction <laughs> i i know you were stoked and it just like it radiates through like i'm sure everyone else can feel it and then you're just like you it puts you in that moment again and that's the best part yeah because like i I was hanging out at one of my buddy's houses the other day and he put it on his TV and I was sitting there watching and I was like, dude, that's so epic. Which in all fairness, I did overreact a little bit with that deer. <laughs> it's through the, through the binos. He looked like he was like this instead of like this, but you know, but as long <laughs> nonetheless, as he's a trophy to you, I mean, I would have shot that yeah. deer. No doubt. Yeah. Nonetheless, triple main beam with a drop time. I don't know anybody who's killed a deer that looks like that. So yeah, he was funky. He had a real weird side. I remember oh, yeah. that. He was wild. Um, so when you first started, like you kind of touched on it with the ratchet straps, and I agree, those ratchet straps are loud. And I had to wrap, I wrap mine in uh, padded tape and grip tape, and now they're somewhat quiet. But then it's like kind of awkward. And but yeah. with in regards to like being organized with your gear, like what are some tips for people starting out, like? Because for me, I have a backpack that I use now, but I know it's not really that good. So I, I've ordered a mystery ranch pack that's real nice that will be able to carry a lot of stuff. Because I found that I was kind of compromising space for extra jackets or extra clothes for my camera gear. So do you have any like experience with that? How did you stay organized? Um, well, the best... Well, what I've found that works for me really well is I keep a uh, bungee cord on my backpack. And what that allows me to do is all of my extra clothing, I'll lay it and fold it on top of my backpack. 
and wrap that bungee cord around it so my clothes stay secure. That way I can use up my space that I can protect my camera gear and all of that. I can keep it inside my backpack. And plus, if I fell, I have that extra padding so it's not as detrimental to like my camera or something like that. That really helped me. But in terms of being organized with camera gear, I'm probably not the guy to talk about. <laughs> talk to you for that one because my buddies will tell you it took me I could get up a tree in five minutes with my with my hang on setup, but when it comes to hanging that camera gear, it took a little while because I'd be like, Oh, where's my strap or where's my base? Where's the arm? you know, and I'd just be digging around looking for stuff. But yeah. I'm definitely gonna up get up my game this year with uh I'm thinking about going to the Kafaru bag like the 22 mag or something like that mm-hmm. or the 44 mag. I think that's going to be what I, what I run with this year for sure. That definitely, uh, kind of like for anyone listening who, who does self film and wants to get better at being organized or isn't self filming yet and is going to need help being organized. Cause pretty much no matter what, like you can, even if you have the best pack when you're starting out or the best gear, it's going to be quite, uh a pain staying organized i know that for sure um so definitely invest in a good backpack and kind of have create your own system whatever works best being organized for you because when it comes down to it even if you think you're organized once you get in the tree it's all it's all going to change because it happened to me a lot (laughs) totally it it really does because you especially with like the um you know like being in the heat of the moment and fumbling with the camera button like i've done that so many times on like does and it just it really pays to get organized and know your equipment that's really really important when you're self-filming for sure um so do you think that after doing it like this the whole season do you think you got better at setting your gear up and it kind of just got smoother over time oh definitely I'll never forget the first time I put my camera arm up in the tree. It took me probably all of 45 minutes to figure out how to do it, <laughs> which I did. I did have a cheap camera. Arm. It was one of the muddy, like go hunt ones, one of the cheap ones. And I was trying to like level it out with a stick and try to make sure my ratchet was tight enough and make sure I didn't drop my camera. And it just, it was a real struggle. But now I've kind of gotten, I actually bought the, uh, it's the muddy, I think it's the hunt hard. It's one of their, you know, upper level ones. And it just, it really does make a difference when you have a more expensive camera arm because you have the leveling abilities with your camera and you don't have to fumble with all that. And it really, really does help and make a difference for sure. That's good. So, you know, you, you touched on the gear and the gear you've upgraded to, and you definitely realize that, you know, experience comes with time, obviously like anything. Um, but for everyone listening, uh, you hit on this kind of too, like you said, you know, don't, if you can't shoot it with the camera, don't shoot it with the bow. So did you ever have a lost opportunity this season or was there any super big challenges that you encountered? Um, I guess one of the, the only really one that I can remember is it was the second video I recorded and it was the first buck that I'd seen in the season. And I was sitting there filming him with my phone and you know, at the time, I thought that he was a pretty small buck. And um, when he'd gotten out of shooting range for me, he had turned his rack, and it turned out to be about a 150-inch eight point. And it was, and you know, people were like, how can you not tell? And it was just one of those things, you know, he was real narrow from front to back, but he was super, super wide. 
And um, that was kind of heartbreaking for me. But at the same time, I was like, well, at least got it on film. You know, it was still a cool experience. And I think I think really the biggest challenge, though, that especially that I've seen with like a lot of smaller YouTubers who are just getting into the filming thing is, um, you know, like framing up your shot and trying to figure out where your frame's at. I know that I really struggled with that a lot, especially like when I was like self-filming like myself for interviews, that was that was the main struggle for me for sure. Especially not having a uh, camera that had a flip screen. Yeah. That was, that's definitely like almost a necessity for self-filming really. That's gonna be a challenge that I'll run into this year because I had a Sony video camera, but I upgraded to uh, a mirrorless camera because the, the, the recording quality is way better, but it doesn't have that flip screen. Um, yeah. And it, it won't have a, uh, you know, a button for your zoom. So you got to use the lens. Um, so that'll definitely be somewhat of a learning curve. I mean, I'm working on it now already, but when it comes to being in a tree stand, but it kind of brought up a good point with the framing. One thing I noticed is if you can be, you know, somewhat zoomed in on your subject, you know, be it that's a person or a deer, um, then that's, I noticed that that's good. But uh, I think a good tip for everybody is don't go in too far because you could always crop it in, but you can't crop it out. Yeah, So and, and as long as you're somewhat, if, if your camera has really good quality or if you're somewhat zoomed in, then when you crop it in, you won't really lose any noticeable quality or anything worth, you know, fussing over. So definitely yeah. always, always leave yourself room to crop in, but you can't ever crop it back out. So keep that in mind. Yeah, totally. That's, I, I experienced that a couple of times this year, this season, um, you know, just zooming in too far and getting too close of a shot. And I'm like, man, that doesn't look that good. You know, I wish I had more of the background and you're like, well, you can't go back now. Yeah. You know? <laughs> But it's like you said, you know, it's just, it's with experience, uh, there comes time, you know, you got to put the time in. There's no, there's no fast track to getting good at something. So that's, that's true. Um, but kind of, kind of closing everything off. I think we hit on a lot of good points, but, uh, overall, um, you know, what did you learn? Whatever, you know, I guess when I say, what do you, what did you learn? You know, did you learn something about yourself as a hunter? Um, and what what advice can you give to people who are starting out kind of like three key points if they're starting out self-filming mm, three well what i learned about myself is i learned to have a lot of patience because yeah. i and i guess that's the first point i'll hit on is patience self-filming no matter how easy you think it's gonna be it's hard it really is and it just it takes because you know, I feel like when you're deer hunting and you get to that point of where you're drawn back, you just go blank. And when like when you're self filming, you can't have that that blank spot. You know, you have to just you have to stay in it the whole time. Slow yourself down. Be like, okay, the camera's recording. The deer's in frame. I'm at full draw. You know, shoot and execute. So um, patience is definitely I think is the big is a big thing that I learned with that. Um, the second thing which we touched on is, you know, being organized, you know, know your equipment inside out, backwards and forwards. That that definitely makes life a lot easier. And I guess the third point is, this is more along the lines of like editing your videos. Don't be too hard on yourself. You know, if you look at those people who have the big YouTube channels and have a bunch of subscribers and a bunch of views, 
they've been doing it for four, five, six, seven years. And, um, you know, I was that way when I first started because I was like, man, I only got like 300 views. But then I look back and I'm like, I have two videos filmed on an iPhone. 300 views ain't that bad, you know? And it just, you can't be in the YouTube game for the rat race. You can't be like, oh, well, I want to be this big or do these things. You, you have to be in it because it's what you want to do. And you have to just create content that you, at the end of the day, are happy with, not anybody else. Those are, uh, those are perfect points, really. That's, like, absolutely perfect. I could not agree more because patience, when you said it, I kind of laughed inside because I know exactly what you mean. And same with organizing and same with doing it because you love it. And uh, that's really anything. I mean, don't do it just because... Because I guess I'll put it like this. The people who are successful, they do it because they love it. They don't do it for any other reason. Um, and oh. I thought that was really great advice. I thought that was awesome. But I got one more question for you. Uh, and something that I've asked everyone so far, and I'll probably ask everyone forever. And that is, uh, what does hunt free mean to you? And, and it's not... Uh, I've said this in the last one, I believe, but it's not like just hunt free as in like the brand. It's those words and the values. I mean, I guess if you break it down, you know, hunting, that's, it's who I am. It's the biggest part of my life. And if it wasn't for the freedoms that we have, you know, I wouldn't be able to do what I love. And it just, I think that the brand that you are creating with hunt free is just, it's, it has the most like genuine you know, like, um, I don't know what word to use there, but like the most genuine, like meaning behind it. It's, it's almost like how Chris B is with be real, you know, it's being true to yourself, not being fake, you know? And, um, I feel like hunt free is that same type of way. And it just, it has a bigger meaning than what it is, especially like from the veteran aspect. Cause I know that you're currently in the uh, national guard and I, which thank you for your service. That definitely means a lot. Cause I have a lot of family members that have served and, um, I think it just, especially for the veteran community, I feel like it's just such a great thing for them because I feel like the veteran community makes up a large part of the hunting industry. And it just, you know, I feel like, I feel like definitely once you gain some traction with that, it's going to be epic. You know, it's like the podcast, you know, you have those veterans on to talk about, you know, sea stories and all that stuff, you know, talk about hunting and just, it's like an outlet for them, you know, and it just, it's epic. I love it. It's definitely going to be something big. I can feel it. I really appreciate that, and um, I'm glad that you're on the podcast today. I thought uh, all your points were awesome. Um, I think that self-filming is something that, I mean, we're filming this right now, so, I mean, it's similar, right? This is a memory, uh, whether it's here doing a podcast or uh, on a hunt, I mean, it's all the same, and I really appreciate your words about how you, what Hunt Free means to you. Uh, the only thing I'll give you a hard time on is I'm in the Coast Guard. I'm I'm a boat guy. I'm not in the National oh, Guard. <laughs> no, that's all right. I'm, I'm, I knew when I said it, I was like, I'm just not in the National Guard. But I had to roll with it. I had to play it off like I knew he was. No, nah, it's all oh, good. Oh, man. <laughs> the Coast Guard gets forgotten. It's all right. I know there's a couple of Coasties that follow me, and I'm sure they'll get a good laugh out of that. But, um, yeah, yeah I, I think that uh, – for anyone starting out self-filming, I think this was some really, you gave really great insight, like really great. Um, so thank you for that. And 
thank you for being on the podcast. And uh, until next time, guys, uh, this should be episode number six, I believe. Got a couple more lined up to record. So I hope y'all are enjoying them. I hope y'all are sharing them and living the core values every day. Have a great day and hunt free. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to this episode of Hunt Free Podcast. If you enjoyed the show and want to help make a great impact on the veteran and hunting community, then share this podcast with fellow friends, veterans, and hunters alike. Follow us on Instagram at hunt.free underscore. Have a great day. Thank you for listening. And don't forget, hunt free.